With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Destination Draft Day. I'm Michael Rockman, joined by a new co-host, Bailey Kumar. How are you doing, Bailey? I'm great. I'm glad to be here, watching the show for uh, weeks. Yeah, just a uh, dedicated fan that just you know got a lucky opportunity of a life <laughs> active in the comment section. This could be you. Uh, just joke. Bailey's a good friend of mine. We uh, we go back a decent bit, talk a lot of NFL drafts. So today. A little bit different of a show. No Brian, no Nick. So instead of talking about the weekend ahead, today we are going to be bringing you a mock draft special. So if you're interested in that, stick around. If you're not, you know, still stick around. We need the viewership numbers. We're struggling as it is. Destination draft day. It's a long road, but we'll get you there. NFL draft, college football, pro football talk, all here on this stream. And we welcome you to join. So first and foremost, in this mock draft, I just want to let everyone know ahead of time, we went off of the current draft order. So if you feel like your team is too low, too high, it's not our fault. We didn't decide the order. Second, this is a predictive mock. So while there are some picks that we feel like, you know, maybe we really wanted to happen or we, you know, felt like this would be a great fit, we didn't go with that because we felt like, you know, we're trying to predict what's going to happen, not what we would do. So with that have, with that being said, let's just jump right into things, and that is the New York Jets. And how we did it, we split this up. I took the odd pick, and Bailey took the even pick. So for the first pick of this draft, the Jets, easy pick. It's been well known that whoever had the number one pick was probably going Trevor Lawrence. And right here, very simple, they go Trevor Lawrence. Great quarterback out of Clemson. You look at what the Jets have right now on roster, and it's probably not too enticing in terms of a rookie landing spot. But when you have a game changer like Trevor Lawrence is able to elevate the roster as a whole, there's pieces on this roster and Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, you know, you can succeed. I'm not saying that, you know, bringing Trevor Lawrence and this team turns into a playoff contender, but with a good coach, a few more draft picks, which they have plenty of draft capital this year and a solid free agency cycle, they could turn around this team almost entirely and get really a nice start on that build towards getting back to the playoffs. Yeah, it's pretty clear that uh, Darnold's time in 
on the Jets is done, and Gase is probably gone too. So you get a new head coach, you get a new QB, and just hope that it works out for once for the Jets. With the second pick, the Jaguars are on the clock. Bailey, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so I have the Jaguars taking Justin Fields. It's kind of similar to the Jets pick, kind of a no-brainer pick. It's clear that Minshew is in the future a QB for the Jags. And, you know, Fields is a special talent. I feel like they would regret it if they passed on him. Again, Marone's probably gone for Jacksonville. You get a new head coach and a new QB. You got some decent weapons on offense. They have some talent there. You know, you have the emergence of James Robinson as a star running back. And with Justin Fields, that can turn to a very potent offense very quickly. Yeah, one of the biggest things, I think, for Justin Fields is you're looking at just what this guy can become. Right now, there's still a lot of issues. This isn't some perfect prospect. But in my eyes, Justin Fields has some of the most star power in this class at the quarterback position. If you get him with a smart head coach who's going to allow him to grow his game, keep the game simple immediately, and then try to progress him further on as we get year by year, Justin Fields could be special. And, you know, in my mind, I think a guy like Brian Dabble would be a great head coach in this situation. Uh, I'm not sure that everyone agrees with me on that. I know, Bailey, you kind of wishy-washy on Dabble, but – Just a guy who I think understands, all right, this isn't a guy that's going to carry the entire franchise day one. Let's keep it simple. Let's try to make this as easy a progression as possible, and that way we can get his confidence up and develop him when he's feeling good instead of trying to rework all the flaws that we see week in, week out, every time we step on the field on Sunday. Yep. Totally agree. For the third pick, the Cincinnati Bengals go penny seal, and you, you know it's an easy pick. The biggest thing that we have to say here is protect Joe Burrow. They have a very strong offense. I think, you know, with pieces like Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins going forward, Joe Mixon as well, you already have so much promising weapons in this in this class with – or, I mean, on this roster. So now it's about trying to protect Joe Burrow. And, you know, Jonah Williams is a fine left tackle, but I don't think he has to stay there. So if you move him – over to right tackle, or maybe you want to move him into left guard. You put Seal there, and you just you have a much better offensive line immediately. And, yes, that's not going to be all you can do for the Bengals. You still need to invest even further into this offensive line. You need to make sure that you're at least getting guys that you feel confident in protecting Burrow with. But getting a guy like Penny is just an absolute stud pick, and the opportunity's there. So I feel like they can't pass this up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, with the terrible injury that Joe Burr had, I feel like your number one uh, priority this offseason needs to be rebuilding that offensive line, getting some guys with talent there that can protect them. They still need a lot of work on defense, a lot of work on the offensive line, but this is definitely the step in the right direction for the Bengals. With the fourth pick, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Bailey, trading back, what's happening? Let's hear it. I haven't taken Parsons. Uh, This is kind of a tough pick for the Cowboys. This they clearly need help on their secondary. That's pretty much their number one need. But there's not really a lot of picks here that I feel great about them taking. I think you just got to take the best player available. You take Parsons. You add them to a linebacker group with uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. These two guys, they're pretty injury prone. I think Parsons will get his opportunity to play. And if you have three stud linebackers, that's a good problem to have. That's something that you want on your team. We got a comment from the comment section. What would Cincy do at right tackle if they move Jonah there? I feel like that's creating a new hole. And he's saying if they move Jonah the left guard, what do they do at right tackle? Because, you know, obviously Bengals fans are sick of seeing Bobby Hart on the depth chart at all. 
I don't think they even want this guy, you know, even on the roster next year. So looking at this, if I were to be like the decision maker for the Bengals, you know, you aren't going to trust that Mike Brown's going to go out and spend money in free agency because that's just not a Mike Brown tendency. So I'm looking at the second round and these types of players that I really like in that, you know, right tackle spot, you could look at a guy like Slater. You could look at guys like, you know, Falele, Carmen. There are some, there are some good prospects in there. I don't know though, if you want to rely on a young offensive line at the same time, because if you have rookie bookend tackles, you're struggling with that. So I think I would probably go with moving Jonah out to the outside. I think a lot of times you can find a, serviceable starting guard for pretty good value whereas compared to paying a tackle you're usually opening up the bank account quite heavily so in this situation i would probably be more in favor of moving williams to to right tackle and then looking to find a replacement via free agency for the interior offensive line and then we got some uh comments as well love this host's new voice or love this host new host voice sorry very soothing. So we got some fans of Bailey here. And then JRG114 says, good save. These guys are pro. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the comments. Keep them flying in. We'll answer all your questions. So moving on to the picks five through eight. The number five pick, I got the Chargers going Liam Eikenberg. And I understand that as a top five pick, some people may be turned off by this. They may say, oh, no way. You know, I don't think this is the right way to go. But for me, Eichenberg is one of the most efficient offensive tackles that I have seen while scouting so far. This guy doesn't get beat often. Uh, you know, his worst game, according to many people, was against Pittsburgh, where I feel like he had like one bad rep, maybe two. And the rest, he was he was doing his thing. And, you know, when you have a star like Justin Herbert, you can't risk letting this guy get injured with worse and worse protection. So, you know, get rid of Sam Tevy as your starter. Bring in Brian Beluga next year, back and healthy. And you got some good bookend tackles. You got Tri Turner on the offensive line. You got Pouncey, hopefully back and healthy. As long as the Chargers can stay healthy, which, you know, of course, is a question mark for this team, you're looking at the chance to uh, really have a solid offensive line. Now, one of the biggest question marks for the Chargers would be what do we do? in terms of weapons, because Hunter Henry has to be paid. Uh, you know, they just gave the extension to Keenan Allen, but they could look for another receiver. Jalen Guyton's all right. But, you know, with this pick, they're really kind of open to going in a lot of directions because while there are some great offensive tackles like Eichenberg or someone like Darisaw or some other options in this class, they really, you know, aren't enticed. The media isn't enticed by the idea of picking one of these guys top five. So we'll see what happens. And we'll see uh, really just what people have to say in terms of uh, this pick going forward and, and just what we see from mock drafts. And then we'll see on draft day what they really officially decide to do. For the next pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Bailey, you got them going Caleb Fairley. Why don't you explain this a little bit? So, yeah, I have the the Eagles taking uh, Caleb here. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of mocks, and they're pretty typically mocked a wide receiver at this spot. But I think after you take Rager last year, you got the emergence of Travis Fulgham. Um, you just don't need a wide receiver right now. You also have Godair and Ertz there as reliable pass catchers. And, you know, that's enough weapons for Hertz or Wentz or whoever your QB is next year. You got Fairly here, who's a shutdown corner. He's going to 
sliding right into that depleted secondary and should be a great fit for them. For that next pick, we got Zach Wilson going to the Panthers. We look at just this offensive system, and there's no really better spot for Zach Wilson to go. Whether Joe Brady's here or not, you're still looking at all these weapons. You know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, the potential Curtis Samuel returning. Christian McCaffrey obviously is probably the best running back in the game, maybe one of the best offensive weapons in the game. And, you know, having a guy like Zach Wilson who can make plays outside the pocket, make plays with his arm talent, it's absolutely phenomenal. So if the Panthers can land Zach Wilson at the seventh pick or wherever they end up, it'd be a huge get for them. And I, I really look forward to seeing what they do this offseason because Teddy isn't a bad potential starter going forward. It's just you don't feel like he's the future. So a lot of Panthers fans are ready for them to get their QB of the future, who may not start day one, but he will likely be the guy that you know is going to step in and be the franchise or at least the expectation of being the future of the franchise. So we'll see what the Panthers do. I got him taking a QB. I know a lot of Panthers fans got him taking a QB. So Zach Wilson seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, but I agree that, you know, Teddy's not the future of the quarterbacks for the Panthers. Who knows how much longer Joe Brady's going to be there as the offensive coordinator. You got to get a QB who can learn the system, and you got to get him fast. At the eighth pick, we got the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. Bailey, a lot of questions yeah. surrounding the Falcons and what they'll do this offseason, but he got them picking. Got them taking Gregory Russo. Um, the Falcons have been needing pass rush for the fa- past five years. Um, they drafted a little bit. They signed Dante Fowler to that big contract last year. And, you know, you, you take Russo, you line him up across from Fowler, and that's a really nasty duo you got there. You know, Russo's a real toolsy, toolsy player. Uh, I wish he didn't opt out this year. I wish you got to see more of him because, you know, he's still a projection at this point. But I think that, you know, you get a new defensive coordinator who can coach him up, and that's a deadly uh, combination with him and Fowler. We got some questions from the comment section. Do you think Zach Wilson is more effect- is a more effective fit for Joe Brady's offense than Lance, Jones, or Trask? The thing is, I feel like Wilson and, and Lance are very similar prospects. They both have you know some issues in terms of overall effectiveness in their play. They get bailed out by the supporting cast a little bit, but at the same time, they both offer so much in terms of mobility and arm talent. So I think Lance and Wilson are pretty similar fits. And then for Jones and Trask, I think – Jones and Trask could have an easier time fitting into Brady's offense, but I don't think that makes them a better fit necessarily because the talent right now probably leans in direction of Wilson and Trask. So for me, I feel like if the Panthers are picking and they love Wilson, even though Jones may have an easier time uh, for himself in that system, I think Wilson would probably have a same amount of fit in terms of just, you know, how, how they work into that offense. And then, M. Mars says Falcons finally get their much-needed edge. Very true, especially after spending money that seems to have been a waste on Dante Fowler. I'm still holding up for Dante Fowler, but, you know, at this point, you might be right. You might be right. We're going on to the 9 through 12 picks. At number 9, the Miami Dolphins with the Houston Texans pick, pick Devonta Smith. There's a lot of great wide receivers in this class. Looking at these guys, you know, there's – Obviously, Smith, there's Chase, and there's Waddle. And for me, any of them could be number one, and I wouldn't have any any qualms with you. But looking at this pick, I just had to go with the guy that has a history with Tua. He can fit in anywhere on the field. You know, I think Devonta Smith 
is going to be similar to Justin Jefferson, where we're saying, okay, he's great. Like, everyone loves him, but, you know, he's not the, the most enticing guy. Then Justin Jefferson steps into the league and absolutely dominates right away. I think now seeing just how much a polished receiver can just have so much of an impact, we're going to see a guy like Devonta Smith benefit off of that because now there's less question about his, you know, maybe physical menacing upside. And we just say, this guy's an insane receiver. We got to get him in here. And, you know, in between Devonte Parker and Preston Williams, I feel like he, he just has so much to work with. Yeah, it's definitely great to give two another weapon and you add Kasicki to that mix and hopefully running back and, I don't know how you're going to guard that team. They're going to be insane. And next up, we got the Broncos. Bailey, you you take a little bit of a unique approach. A lot of fans are going to be upset about this. Yeah, I know uh, they're going to get mad at me for not taking the QB, you know, after, you know, Drew Locke week after week, just continually keep struggling. Um, But, you know, there's been so many injuries on the team. You know, Sutton's been out for the year. And I think Fangio doesn't get fired. I think he gets another year. You know, giving them certain um, helps him – build that defense so it could be on that level of that great Bears defense that he ran. Uh, the Broncos can't, like, take another, you know, kind of projection QB at this point. They can't take a Trey Lance after, you know, you take Locke, who didn't end up working, and you take Tebow you and um, Paxton Lynch. You need to take a QB that's a surefire guy at this point. And if Drew Locke continues to struggle like he does this year, next year, you'll be in a position to do that next year. But I think you got to give him another year. Get him acclimated to the offense with you know Judy and Hamler and Sutton and I I, I I'm just a lock fan so I have them taking certain here. So let me ask you something: If the Broncos come into this possibility where a guy, let's say, you know Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, those rumored QBs that probably won't be traded, but you know they're rumored about it. So Matt Stafford as well, maybe even a Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you think the Broncos should? potentially pursue one of those guys if they're available, or do you think they should just stand pat and really just give Drew Locke one more year? I mean, I, I think it would be great for them to get like a Matt Ryan or a Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think they have the cap space for that. And, you know, any cap space they do have, I think, should be focused on defense or the offensive line. I think you got to give Locke another year. If it doesn't work out, take another QB the year after. But for now, just kind of stand pat with what you got at QB. We got some comments right now. Love that pick at nine. The chemistry is already there. Definitely. You know, one thing that doesn't get commented enough is Devonta Smith was an impact player even when Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he out out he outproduced them in terms of yards. So this guy was always a stud and had such great chemistry with Tua. So this is just an absolute dominant receiver. And then looking at the next comment, Alex, not a big fan of the pick. <laughs> Bailey, you already got the apples being thrown at you. I already got the hate. But yeah, the 11th you know pick. Oh, not a standard sorry, pick. No, it's, it's not just not a standard pick for them, but I just don't think they'll take a QB. I just don't see it, and they need a corner really badly. So standing, I'm standing confident with this pick. Feeling good about it. With the 11th pick, the Washington football team takes Trey Lance. I understand that Alex Smith has put together a great season and has really brought this team kind of back. I, I wouldn't say they're a great team, but at the same time, if you can get a QB like Trey Lance who can you know either sit under Alex Smith or potentially someone else that they decide to move on from that contract, you're looking at someone who has a lot of potential. And what I love about Trey Lance is just 
there's so many throws where he's throwing like 50, 60 yards deep, and it's taking almost no time to get there. He can put the ball on the line to anywhere on the field. The biggest thing is just now trying to fix up the mental side of the game and really trying to get him to process the NFL defense and different coverages faster than what he was dealing with at the FCS. It may be a little bit of a growing pain situation. I'm not sure. But I think, you know, this guy has the potential to be the best QB in the class because of how much raw talent is there. Yeah, I mean, Washington seems like they're done with Haskins and it's time for them to move on. Lance is a guy that you can build a team around. You develop him a little bit, you know, pair him with Terry. It's going to be a great combo. 12th pick, Detroit Lions on the clock. M. Mars seems to be already upset about it. Let's hear your explanation <laughs> first. You know, similar to Atlanta, the Lions need edge talent really badly. I don't even know the last time they had, like, an edge rusher with more than 10 sacks. You know, he's been an absolute beast this year. You know, Harbaugh's on his way out of Michigan. Maybe he's a new coach of the Lions. Maybe a little reunion there. What do you think about that? And uh, Art, wrong pick, sorry. <laughs> think the Lions go wide receiver with Galladay's free agency looming yeah. with defense Steph needs help. Looking I, I, at the Lions, you know, Galladay is a great receiver, but with the injuries right now this year, he is definitely not going to be giving – he's not going to be getting the same price tag that he's probably set out for himself. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I can see the Lions tagging him, but at the same time, I could see the Lions – just kind of letting him walk or like a trade or a tag and trade situation. Yeah, I think it'd be smart for the Lions to tag Galladay. You know, he's been so injured this year, and I just think he's a talent that you can't afford to walk because if he leaves, you really got nothing at the wide receiver position behind him. And that's just another hole on the team that needs to be filled. We got another comment. Hey guys, the stream is really poggers. Love the guest host. Thank you so much for all the compliments. You know, the main host is cool, too. If you want to send a compliment to him, feel free. I don't know. But uh, we th- we appreciate all the support. People have spoken. They like me more, Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> Looking at the 13 through 16 picks, the Bears, go and get Jamar Chase. You look at this, you know, team, and Allen Robinson is most likely gone after the season. I think it's very clear that he's not happy in Chicago, and – you know, with no QBs really on the clock, they can't force the pick. So now I'm looking at receiver, get a stud receiver that, you know, is considered by many to be wide receiver one. You add him into this mix. Yes, you still have issues at your quarterback spot, but you can potentially look for one in free agency right now, add a weapon that you know is going to be a stud, and, you know, you're not going to regret it three years down the line when this guy's putting up 1,000 yards every year. Yeah, I mean, the Bears definitely need a QB, but like you said, there's other avenues to explore. I, I'm still a, a Nick Foles guy. I, I still think he can uh, pull through for them. But definitely, I think that's something they're going to address in the offseason uh, with the QB. Next up with the 49ers on the clock. Yes. So, uh, Richard Sherman basically confirmed yesterday that he won't, won't be returning to the 49ers, and they really need some help at cornerback. You know, you got Jason Verrett not being a free agent, Witherspoon being a free agent, Kawan Williams hit, also hitting for agency. You know, Horn is somebody that they uh, kind of fits the mold of the 49ers, what they look for at cornerback. He's uh, big and aggressive, but the only thing is that historically the 49ers haven't really taken corners that high under Shanahan. 
but I think they need to with so much talent hitting for agency and still need to pay Fred Warner. So this is a, I think they might change up here and take a corner early. Yeah. JC Horn is someone that I've heard a lot of my scouting friends really talk about and it's good to see him getting the attention now as the season has gone on. This guy is an absolute stud at the cornerback position, offers a good frame as well, six foot, 200 pounds. So he's going to be able to, you know, really match up to these NFL sizes. What we've seen on film, he's already a stud corner and it's, it's only up from here. I think he's going to continue to rise up boards with the 15th pick. The Patriots goes Zavin Collins, whether you're putting him at the linebacker spot or the edge spot. I think this guy is perfect for the Patriots offers a versatile, versatile skill set that will allow him to both rush the pass drop into cover or, or just stop the run. The Patriots have issues with that. And while, you know, you could go defensive line. I think right now you're a linebacker unit that can be a stud for you long-term. Zayvon Collins can really fill into that Kyle Van Noy type role and be a stud at that. You know, and Fernie Jennings has done well. Josh Yush has done well. But add in Zayvon Collins to the mix, and I think you're going to be very happy with what is going on with that Patriots front seven. Yep. I mean, with the, the 16th the pick, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, oh, I have what are you them. Saying? Sorry. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, I have the Cardinals taking Kyle Pitts here. Um, I love Dan Arnold and Max Williams as much as the next guy, but they aren't going to elevate your offense like Pitts can. You know, if you when you think about Pitts and DeAndre Hopkins on the same offense, like teams are not going to be able to cover them both. Uh, you know, and with Pitts really improves his blocking, I think he can be a real asset to the team. The only thing is that Cliff historic Cliff historically hasn't really used tight ends that much. So I don't know how well the fit might be, but, you know, he's a walking mismatch. He's an absolute beast, and I think the Cardinals would uh, be remiss if they didn't take him here. I feel like one of the biggest things about Kyle Pitts is he, he isn't your traditional tight end. So maybe that, you know, kind of needs Darren Waller fit at the tight end position in a cliff-type scheme to where he can still stretch out to be a receiver and you're not losing any points by putting him there. And then in the run game, of course, yeah. he can contribute. I think he's improved a lot as a blocker already from last year. So with time and growth in the NFL, I think he could be a great blocker eventually. Looking at this 17 through 20 picks, look, I understand if you're saying as a Ravens fan, we just drafted Hollywood Brown, we can't do this. But the fact is when there's a stud receiver on the board and you need receiver – you make the pick. Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver one. And I think that even on the Ravens, where they already have their speedster in Hollywood Brown, you are bringing in a stud receiver that can contribute to this offense immediately. And you need that right now. Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown, Jalen Waddle. Give them more weapons. Give him the chance to really succeed. And I think this is how you do it. I'm, I have no regrets putting two speedsters in the same offense. Give it to them. Easy pick. Run up to the podium if it's available, Ravens. This is a stud. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens definitely need help with their wide receivers. They've been looking really tragic this year. Uh, you know, Waddle is somebody that I think will fit their system really well and just, you know, stretch the field, giving Lamar even more room to run, which is always dangerous. <clears throat> At the 18th pick, Las Vegas Raiders 
You give him a big man, Bailey. Let's hear yes. a big response. I, I give them Shelvin. You know, it's not the sexiest pick. It's hard to get excited by a nose tackle, but the Raiders have been so leaky against the run this year. And a player like Shelvin can really, you know, secure the middle of the field and allow John Gruden to continue to build his defense in the vision that he has. You know, Shelvin's a huge mountain of a man. He's impossible to move, and he just takes double teams on like they're nothing. This should make a li- life a lot easier for, you know, the Raiders' pass rushers, Max Crosby and Farrell, and I just think it's not exactly their biggest needs. They definitely have bigger needs, but it's too hard to pass on talent at this spot. Yeah, I love Shelvin, and, you know, as a Patriots fan where we desperately need nose tackle, I'd love for this guy to be available, you know, maybe round two, or maybe we trade back a little bit and select him, but definitely a great pick for the Raiders, and I think when you have so much young talent at the edge position and you're needing this pass rush help, it's important to get a presence on the inside instead of trying to just continuously try to draft more at that spot on the edge because you can only play two on the field, you know, unless you're putting the guy at Sam as a as a potential player in that situation. But really just, you know, give a presence on the inside, make it easier for the guys on the outside, and that pass rush will pick up. For the 19th pick, Joseph Osai, edge rusher, linebacker out of Texas. Label him however you want. I think he's a perfect fit in that Patriots-style defense there in New York, Joe Judge trying to build that culture, build that system. I think this guy can really be a presence on the edge. You're looking at, you know, guys like Lorenzo Carter, Jabal Sheard kind of taking that spot right now. I believe they have Cam Brown at the Sam linebacker spot right now as well. So you bring in a guy that can find a spot no matter what in the front seven, whether it's on the edge or whether it's at a linebacker spot, and you're allowing him to really become – a key piece of this defense. The Giants need some pass rush presence, presence, and I think Joseph Osai can do that. And then if you need him to drop into coverage, he can do that anytime. Yeah, Osai is definitely seems like the missing piece on that uh, Giants defense, who has really improved this year. You know, with the emergence of James Bradbury, and I think if you get him, that defense is going to be absolutely monstrous next year. Could be a top ten unit. With the 20th pick, Minnesota Vikings looks to be getting a little help on the inside offensive line. Desperately needed. Bailey, why don't you give yes, us a little estimation? the Vikings have slowly been rebuilding their offensive line. You know, it's been an issue of theirs for so many years. And, you know, they add to it here by taking Wyatt Davis. Wyatt was a dominant guard last year, and he's just a monster. He can fit anywhere on the, on the interior line for the Vikings, wherever they decide to play him. He's so aggressive and physical. And the, the underrated thing about him is just, you know, how smart he is, how much knowledge he has about the run game and the blocks he should take. Um, adding him to the line will just make that Vikings potent uh, r- rushing attack even better with Dalvin Cook back there. And, you know, you give Kirk more time in the pocket to throw to Jefferson and Thielen. We got a comment from the comment section. Vikings and needing more O-line, name more iconic duo. It is a long process. I'm sure some people would complain about the pick just because he's from Ohio State. And, you know, Pat Alf, Alf, ah, I can't say Pat Elfling had that same issue of being from Ohio State. But I think Wyatt Davis would be a star for the team and would help this offensive line tremendously. Another comment. Mike, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. The hard work you put into the show every week will get you places. <laughs> I appreciate it, Nick. Uh, thanks a lot. And we're, we're going to go to the picks 21 through 24. At 21, 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Davion Nixon, the defensive lineman out of Iowa. Look, if you haven't heard this guy, I don't blame you. He is slightly going under the radar, but this guy has been a presence week in, week out for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and the Bucs need defensive linemen. You know, you're looking at William Golston and Adamican Sue at the defensive end spots. Sue signed a one-year contract. Golston already getting to 30. So you bring in a young piece like Nixon, whether he's starting right away or just becoming a part of that rotation, you're bringing in pieces that can fill into this roster and be a presence on the defensive line. I think Nixon could be a stud. Put him and Vita Vea on the same defensive line, and you got a scary unit. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks' rushing defense is already so great, and adding a piece like Nixon would probably make it the top unit in the league for sure. At 22, Miami Dolphins up yet again, this time with their own pick. Yes. Bailey, what do you think they do? You know, I have them taking a running back here, which is always, you know, you take a running back in the first round, so people aren't going to like it. But, you know, the Dolphins' rushing attack has been so inconsistent this year. You give, get somebody like ETN back there who can just, you know, dominate in the in the backfield. Brita isn't working out. You've been relying on UDFAs and late-round draft picks for too long. It's time to get a stud back there, take some pressure off Tua, and really establish that run game. Yeah, they've really invested into all their offense. You know, with the wide receiver spot, they gave money to Devontae Parker. They brought in Preston Williams. They brought in a lot of other receivers as well with, you know, guys like Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, and um, the Cowboys receiver. I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, now with the pick of Devontae Smith as well, they're just they're helping out this unit. They've invested into their offensive line. They've drafted Tua. They have Mike Kosicki at the tight end spot. Running back seems to be the only position that they're really kind of desperately needing. I think getting a guy like ETN in there would be huge, and it would bring this offense to another level, which they already seem to accomplish. Stop changing it up from week to week with, you know, these eight carries for Howard, eight carries for Breida, eight carries for Gaskin, eight carries for Ahmed. You know, let's let's get ETN in there, give him 20 carries. For the 23rd pick, the Indianapolis Colts, I got them going Christian Darisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Anthony Casanzo is a great offensive tackle, but he is getting old. You look at trying to find a replacement. Ballard is huge on replacing these guys and – building up the front seven when you need to. Darisaw is one of my favorite tackles in this class. So look for this guy to really be a huge presence on the offensive line, one that is already one of the top units in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, the Colts definitely need some help at left tackle. You know, they had a retirement scare and an injury scare there. They uh, definitely need to bring in some new blood, some younger blood. Sure up that line. At the 24th pick, Bailey's Tennessee Titans. Yes. Let's hear it. So, you know, the Titans, wide receiver might not be their first need when you think about it, you know, on surface level. Like, they definitely need edge. Davion Clowney experiment didn't work. Here, Landry's great, but you need somebody else there. But, you know, there's just not an edge rusher here I'd feel comfortable taking to fit in that spot across from here at Landry. And then you got cornerback which is also another big issue. But, you know, Adoree Jackson's been out all year. Christian Fulton hasn't played as much as we like. We would have liked to. And, you know, you can just – and uh, Malcolm Butler has been amazing as always. But, you know, that's three solid cornerbacks you got there. So, you know, we can kind of address that later in the draft, maybe a more depth guy. You know, the edge rusher isn't here. So the next biggest need is wide receiver. 
Corey Davis is a pending free agent. We probably won't bring him back, even though he's kind of broken out this year a little bit. We need a replacement for him to <clears throat> to pair with somebody with AJ Brown, and you know I got them taking Bateman. Bateman's just a great receiver. He just does so many things well. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what's best about him, but he just is going to fit the Titans' offense so well and should be able to step into Corey Davis's shoes. Yeah, I think this is a great pick, and he comes from where Corey Davis came from, which is P.J. Fleck, and Rashad Bateman has been a stud for any time you've seen him at Minnesota. Having a little bit of a down year right now, but I don't think that will deter NFL teams. Very weird situation with this season, so I look for Rashad Bateman to step into the NFL and continue being a great player, and I look forward to seeing whether that's on the Titans or another NFL team. I think he could be a stud. For the Next slot of picks, we got 25 through 28. 25, the New York Jets back on the clock. I got them going Tyson Campbell. You look at, there's so many options throughout this draft and throughout this roster that you could draft for the Jets, and you're saying, okay, we have filled a need. But for me, I look at corner, and I think you need to find guys that you weigh in. For me, I love Tyson Campbell. I think he's a physical corner that offers a lot of athleticism and great skill sets in his coverage abilities. Yes, there's obviously room to grow. He had some issues against Florida where he's given up some big plays. But I think overall, this guy has the potential to be the best corner in this class. You bring him into the Jets. Hopefully he develops. You know, I, I maybe don't trust the Jets to do it, but I do think that Tyson Campbell's good enough to where if they have a good coach in place, he will do well. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think right now you look at their cornerback situation. I don't hate Hall. I don't hate Desir, but they need some – really long-term starting pieces, and I think Tyson Campbell can be that guy. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are pretty much starting all rookies at cornerback right now, so why not add another to the mix? Um, I do expect them to address corner and free agency as well, maybe bring in a veteran guy and teach some of these guys a thing or two. But, you know, getting a guy like Campbell definitely improves the group and is a great pick. At 26, the Jaguars back on the clock. Bailey, yes. let's hear it. What do they do? Their second first-round selection, the Jaguars, you know, taking offensive tackle to help protect their brand-new QB, Justin Fields. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson's serviceable at left tackle, but he's not good enough. Cosme is six foot seven. He needs to – he's, you know, a little bit thin. He needs to bulk up a bit and work on cleaning up his technique. But when he does, he will be so imposing as a blocker. He's always already so good in the run game, you know, be a great addition to help James Robinson. And if he can clear up, clean up his footwork on the passing sets, I think he can be one of the best tackles in the league. At 27, the Cleveland Browns select Cam McGrone. You're looking at a guy that maybe is a little bit undersized. He stands at 235. But I think this guy offers so much speed, range, and ability to make a play that if he declares the Browns are getting a stud in this pick, Linebacker position has not been pretty for the Browns. Really, this whole defense has a lot of question marks throughout. Cam McGrone, I think, steps in and can be a clear asset right away for this defense and really help out the team going forward. Yeah, the Browns' linebacker situation hasn't been pretty, and they definitely need some help there. At 28, the Buffalo Bills now on the clock. Bailey, let's hear it. the, The Bills need somebody across from Trey White. You know, Levi Wallace kind of took a step in the wrong direction this year, so I'm taking Sean Wade. Um, you know, Wade has had kind of a rough year transitioning from nickel to outside corner, placing Okuda out there. 
but you can still see the talent with him when he plays. And, you know, the worst case scenario, you put him back at nickel, you give him a couple more years to develop, and then I still think he has the capabilities to play outside corner in the NFL. One thing I love about Sean Wade is he is an aggressive corner, whether that's in his coverage or whether that's in the run game. He's going to be an asset for you. I think he's definitely got the skills to be a nickel corner at the very least. I do agree with you that I think he could move outside with some growth. So I look forward to seeing where Sean Wade lands in the NFL, and I expect him to be a starter in the secondary almost immediately and having some big highlight plays that will gain him some fans for sure. Now, for these last four picks, just want to specify, me and Bailey, we made a little draft day trade. I took the Chiefs pick. He took the Saints pick. We decided to swap it out. So, for these first two picks, Green Bay Packers go Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Obviously, the Packers were desperate for a receiver last year, and then they decided to take Jordan Love. This year, I think they finally go and get their receiver whether it's Rondell Moore, whether it's someone a little more surprising like a Kadarius Toney, or, you know, there's some other options throughout. I feel like the Packers, though, need to go and get a receiver. Aaron Rodgers is playing so well, and if you get him another weapon, I think this offense and this team could potentially contend, and they already are, I guess. So just add more to the offense. Yeah, the Packers definitely, you know, shocked a lot of us when they didn't take a wide receiver last year, but I, I don't think they can continue to ignore the problem. Morse fits in great with what Aaron Rodgers does as a QB. And with Devontae Adams, that's going to be a great wide receiver room. And then at 30, I got the Chiefs going Jalen Phillips. Right now with Phillips, you aren't seeing a lot of round one hype on the guy. But I feel like when he has his combine, he's going to explode because this guy is definitely an outstanding athlete. He's produced on film, and he's really got a great frame to come into the NFL and succeed. The Chiefs could get some additional pass rush help. I think right now Frank Clark hasn't produced what you expect right now for what you're paying him. You aren't going to get rid of him, but, you know, you need some help for him. So Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Jalen Phillips, all on the same defensive line, bring in a stud edge rusher that can really be a piece of the future going forward with contracts continuing to move on. You'll eventually have to get younger throughout the roster. Getting a stud right now in Jalen Phillips is going to be huge for the future of this team. Yeah, I think this is the pick we definitely disagree the most about. I had them either taking a linebacker or, you know, their O-line hasn't been looking too hot this year, taking somebody to help out there. But your logic with Jalen Phillips, you know, makes sense. They definitely, if you can get, you know, as much edge talent as possible, that's never a bad thing. And now with the last two picks, yes. Bailey, take us home. Yes, Max. So 31, I have the Saints taking Mac Jones. You know, who knows how long Drew Brees has left at quarterback. Taysom Hill has looked better than I think a lot of us initially thought, but he's still not, you know, the answer at QB. And, you know, with the Saints, you're looking at perennial contenders. He's simply not good enough to get you there. You know, Matt Jones is a player. It's kind of hard to project how well he's going to do in the NFL with all the talent that he has at Alabama. But from what he's shown, he's a smart QB. He's accurate. And that's all he really, all the Saints really need is somebody who's smart and accurate at QB. Uh, he he's also shown great poise and movement within the pocket. He's going to be a great fit for Pete Carmichael and Sean Hayden with the Saints, and I think he can you know easily step into Drew Brees' shoes and kind of replicate what he's been doing for the past couple of years. And now with the final pick of the first round, 
Not so much Mr. Irrelevant, maybe Mr. Ear, because we're not that far. Bailey. Yes, so I have the Steelers. After winning the Super Bowl, taking Jalen Mayfield. Um, I originally had this pick as Najee Harris, but, you know, I changed it the last second. When you look at the Steelers, like, cap room, like, they don't have a lot. You know, they got Villanueva hitting uh, for agency. I hope you pronounce his name right. And, you know, uh, they definitely need a tackle here. And with all the running backs that have been signed for dirt cheap, I feel like you just sign a veteran guy. You can sign, like, a Leonard Fournette for, like, a one-year, $4 million deal and uh, deal with that later. You know, Mayfield is a big athletic tackle, and it just seems like one of the perfect Steelers guys to help develop and uh, protect Ben for a little longer, spread out his his life as a QB. Yeah, and that is all we got for you in this draft. The Steelers, obviously a very talented team. Hard to find needs for them in general. It really just kind of comes down to trying to eventually get a guy who will come into this place. Jalen Mayfield, I think, is a guy that, you know, you look at him and you may not be as enticed by his skill set, but I think NFL teams really love these kind of balls of clay that they can turn into these offense tackles, what they want to do with them. You know, you look at guys like Colton Miller and we look at guys like Ezra Cleveland even went pretty early, even though maybe the film didn't show as much because these guys have so much that they can offer athleticism wise and just, that's, that's the risk that offensive line coaches are willing to take. They'd rather have these guys that they know have the athleticism and they have to coach up compared to someone who maybe looks polished but doesn't offer the same upside to potentially get better. So that's all we got for you from the mock draft perspective. Now let's do a little feature on looking forward to the week ahead in the NFL Bailey, there's some big games going on this weekend. We look at, first off, off the bat, a lot of draft pick implications from a Bengals-Cowboys matchup. If the Bengals win this one, they fall out of that number three spot. Cowboys take it. What do you think happens in this game? Uh, I got the Cowboys taking it. You know, the Bengals without their starting QB, it's just going to be another, and without Joe Mixon, it's going to be another rough outing for them, I think. And, you know, the Cowboys... You know, with Dalton, it looked a lot better as a team. I just think that they take this one pretty easily. We got some weird camera thing going on. It looks like I'm just, like, massive and you're just tiny, dude. Oh, sorry. You want me to? <laughs> no, it's all Another big game. Really not expected because of the records, but the Cardinals versus the Giants is huge for both of these teams in this outing. The Giants have played well. Coming up to this game, hoping to have Daniel Jones back. The Cardinals can't continue slipping. They need to try to win and get into this playoff picture. What do you think happens in this game, and what do you think, you know, really the implications are from this matchup? You know, I do think that I'm wishing the Giants would win. I love the New York Giants. I love Daniel Jones. I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. You know that. But I just think, you know, the Cardinals have lost so many games in a row. You know, they're one Hail Mary away from losing five straight. So I just think they come out focused. They take this one from the Giants. We got a comment from the comment section. Cowboys are for sure winning. And I think that's a safe bet. The Bengals aren't as competitive without Joe Burrow there at QB. So I think the Cowboys are the better team in this situation. For the next game that we're going to talk about, Vikings versus Bucks, the winner really kind of gets a strong hold into the wild card spot where the other teams are now looking to 
you know, kind of they're, they're not looking good. So really both teams need this game and it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. Who do you got in this one? Uh, you know, this is probably going to be the, the closest one. I could see this going either way, but uh, I think I have the Bucks. I just think that they're, they're, their team's just more talented the other team. You know, the Vikings have looked great since the emergence of Justin Jefferson, but, you know, there's, you know, they're still inconsistent week to week. If you can shut down Dalvin Cook like the uh, Bucks' great run defense can, I feel like the Vikings are struggling a lot on offense and the Bucks can just move the ball so well. I think they're going to take it this week. I, uh, I'd have to agree. A little bit of Brady bias on my end, but I think the Bucks have a lot to offer. And I think right now, after losing the Chiefs, getting out to such a cold start, they have a little bit to bounce back from. Coming off the bye so late in the season, it's definitely huge for them. The next matchup, Colts versus Raiders. Colts look very good defensively. Offensively, they've been a bit sporadic. Raiders look very good offensively. Defensively, they've been a little bit sporadic. Both teams have their struggles, have their positive moments. Raiders just got away with a last-second heave against the Jets. Potential tanking initiative in there, but we'll see. Uh, Just in this Sunday game, two teams with a lot on the line. Who do you got in it? You know, I think this actually comes down to Josh Jacobs, whether he plays or not. He got into practice today, and I think he's available. The Raiders just, you know, just take the game. Uh, I just have uh, trust in the Raiders' defense to stop this Colts offense. Who I don't know how they score, honestly. Like, I watched them play. I don't know how they get touchdowns, but they continually do. But I think the Raiders are able to stop them. And then we'll talk about one game where I feel maybe not as much in terms of playoff implications, even though I guess there is some. The biggest thing, though, is Jalen Hurts gets his first start. Eagles versus Saints, not the best first matchup if you're a rookie QB. Looking at Jalen Hurts as a prospect and what we saw out of him, both of us kind of had similar opinions. We like Jalen Hurts. We think there's some issues, though, in his game that could potentially lead to some issues in the NFL going against these defenses. The Saints, probably the hardest draw of a defense to have. What do you expect to see in Hurts' first outing? Uh, I mean, I think he's gonna. It's gonna be a struggle for him. You know, the the Saints are simply too good at, at defense to you know let somebody like Hurts tear them up. Uh, I, I hope he does, though. Uh, you know, I hope Hurts succeeds in the in the NFL. But I think this is just a terrible game for him to start. I don't know why the Eagles are doing this to him, but hopefully he succeeds. But you know, I definitely do have the Saints winning this. But, you know, I just don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a blowout. I definitely understand that. I think we're going to see a similar outing to Tua's first start, except we aren't going to see this defense kind of pile up 30 points so it looks like this dominant showing. We're going to see quick passes. We're going to see easy reads. And we're going to see very low amount of throws, like probably like 15, 16 throws for maybe like 78 yards. Nothing crazy. Just try to get out of there without any – Huge negative game for him. Say, look, it's a step in the right direction. And then you then kind of give him an easier assignment next week. The Eagles, you know, I'm not sure about the move. I don't know if I really think this is a, you know, a a big reason to go to Carson Wentz. Or, or, I mean, to go to Jalen Hurts from Carson Wentz. I understand Wentz has been struggling, but at the same time, it seems to have now divided the locker room heavily. So, I don't know. It's, it's such a tough situation, and there's no real right way to go about it as the Eagles. So right now I'm just wishing the best for Jalen Hurts. 
in my evaluation, I had him at about QB eight in this class. And I hope that he uh, proves me wrong because I, I, I do love him as a, as a player. I just think right now what we saw in terms of anticipation and in terms of overall arm talent just wasn't there at the NFL level. For the next game that we're going to talk about, Sunday night, Steelers versus Bills. Probably not as much issue of will these teams make playoffs, but we will get to see a great outing between both these teams. Both these teams looking to really get a key win. You know, the Steelers just coming off of a loss against the Washington football team. The Bills looking to compete against a great team, the number one seed in the AFC. So, who do you got in this one? This is going to be a tough game. You know, the Steelers clearly aren't happy about their on the, the perfect season being broken by the Washington football team. Uh, but they've been making so many uncharacteristic mistakes. They've been dropping the football over the place. And Josh Allen just came off a really impressive outing where he torched. I forgot who they played last week, but he torched them. Is the what I remember. And I do think that the Bills are going to win this. I think they're just the better team. But I, the Steelers always have a chance. They're just so talented on defense, and they have so many weapons on offense. I think if Ben's locked in, that they could easily take it. And, yeah, Josh Allen had a great game against the 49ers, really put himself back into that MVP conversation. We got some comments from the comment section. Edge leading says, go Giants. JRG says, Danny Dimes, love that guy. Gurnals letting us know this is Gurnals. Hello. A Spence TV, glad the Eagles are letting the best QB on their roster get the start. Bold take. I, I can't say I disagree. Wentz hasn't been great. So we'll see what happens, though. Rooting for both these QBs to, you know, eventually find the success, whether that's on another team or not. I really want both these guys to succeed. Edge leading says retweet in response to A Spence TV. Colonel says the Eagles are a team of ineptitude. They got nothing on the Saints. We agree. I think the Saints are definitely the better team in this situation. The only way that the Eagles really come into this game and win is just Hurts is so unseen that he puts together the shocking performance and really just kind of surprises them more than just outright beats them, which I don't know if the Saints are really going to be caught that off guard by how much they already know about him as a mobile quarterback and a complete playmaker that he is. And then Edge says, can't wait to see Hurts in a situation where he's not at a third and 16. Definitely will be an interesting game to watch, one to keep an eye on, both for the fact that, I mean, technically both these teams – are still trying to figure out where they'll be in that playoff spot. The Eagles very much in contention for the NFC East. Saints trying to hold on to that number one spot. Taysom Hill still lining up at QB. So, you know, some playoff implications on that game. And, you know, also a future look at the game with Jalen Hurts at QB. That's Destination Draft Day, a future look at the game. NFL Draft, pro football, college football perspective. I'm Michael Rockman. Thank you so much to Bailey for joining us today. Nick will be back Monday. Most likely we'll see. I don't know. We got a lot of comments on Bailey. Nick may be on the hot seat here. <laughs> Destination draft day. It's a long road, but we'll get you through it. Thank you so much to everyone in the comment section. Thank you to Landry Football for giving us a platform to talk football on, giving us some listeners to ramble to, and they pretend like we know football just because we're talking about it. We love you guys so much, and we'll see you on Monday. Take care.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.